podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Welcome back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. Week two is wrapped up. The, the cats boys are destroyed, back. and the cats, they covered again. Oh my gosh, they covered, and if our listeners were doing what we told them to and gone to mybookie.ag, use promo code CHAIR to get a 100% deposit match, they'd be rolling in the dough because the cats only know how to do two things. That is beat the shit out of bad teams and cover the point spread. Great teams cover, Scott. Great teams cover. And great teams beat the shit out of bad teams. Yes, and that's what the Cats are doing. And guess what? As you're listening to this, you probably have time to deposit and get your bets in for Monday Night Football. NFL is back. You can do all your parlays. You can do all your college stuff. So much stuff to gamble on. So much stuff At mybookie.ag. Promo code chair. Head over there, guys. MyDookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Hell yeah. So uh, before we get into it, uh, as has become almost a new uh, tradition for the review pods, as we're recording on Sunday morning, uh, it's coffee of the pod because we don't drink beer at 10 a.m. on Sundays anymore. Uh, Grant, what are you sipping on today? Uh, Same thing as last time, just cold brew. With, uh, I think, that Kona blend with a little bit of leftover, what was it? Hazelnut. Hazelnut. Yeah, it's good. Yep, so I got turned on got to something. something yeah. serious going yeah, on. Yeah, so I got there. turned on to something this week uh, from a friend. Uh, yeah, we'll just call her a friend. Um, <laughs> from Starbucks, it's a cold brew with pumpkin cream on top of it. Oh, man. Uh, it's like a pumpkin cream foam with some uh, like nutmeg sprinkled on top. It's like... The most delicious coffee thing in the world, and I don't like Starbucks. Like, I think their coffee is kind of trash. Their specialty drinks are fine, but uh, do you want to give it a try? All right. Yeah, you can give it a try. These thing, these drinks are so fucking good. They're yeah. insane. Well, yeah, and it's cold brew. I mean, it's not like over the top crazy. It's literally just cold brew with this like pumpkin spice cream on the top. That's I love pretty it. Good. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. So that's my coffee of the pod so let's get into talking about the show because or about the game because you know they don't want to listen to us talk about coffee if you want to listen to us talk about coffee go to bosco's barista new podcast launching next month uh so before we get into actually talking about the game there was some pretty big news that dropped during the game our guy gene taylor swinging his dick around announced that there's a new $110 million capital campaign. Uh, $69 million has already been raised, a pretty nice amount if you ask me. So what it's going to entail is the South End Zone Club Seat Loge Luxury Seating Project that's been rumored almost as long as John Curry's been around. It's going to connect to Bramlage and redo the Legends Room completely. They also announced that the east side is getting uh, the new indoor football practice facility with outdoor natural grass practice field. Over in Cat Town, that's where they're going to put in the brand new 
3,500-seat volleyball arena right up against the baseball stadium. That looked great. Oh, man, I'm pumped that for that. awesome. Yeah, and then a, an Olympic sport training facility. So now basically everyone except for football and basketball and I guess rowing because they have their own facility will all now have a state-of-the-art weight room and training facility right over there near uh, Toyton. So, you know, I couldn't be more pleased – announcing this project um before we get into a little bit more of the timeline what were your thoughts when you saw it have you gone to the website and dove into any of these projects and not only just for football but how great is it that uh the donors are stepping up and building something brand new for volleyball and a training facility that's going to literally touch every single one of the non-revenue sports it's going to be great um that's what you have to do these days you have to have top facilities and you have to be basically on the cutting edge in every sport if you want to compete and k-state's ahead of the game i think and gene says he wants to have it done next three five years and i think um it's great i'm excited i love the look of all of those facilities i loved the volleyball looked really good um i'm glad that we are connecting the south end zone with uh bramlage i thought the legends room looked pretty cool um because it's I mean, Legends Room right now is it basically sucks. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a room. Yeah, it's like a conference yeah. room that you would see like at a corporate entity. Um, also, part of that South End Zone project, there's going to be some new offices put in over there. So I think that's where Gene's gonna banish like Kenny when Kenny gets on his nerves. Just be like, all right, you're moving over to the Bramlage facility. Um, I mean, no, it, it's gonna be super cool. I'm really hoping because that when they showed the Legends Room, it's basically gonna be a full-fledged restaurant during yeah. basketball games so i'm hoping they at least lower the donation requirement to get into the legends room because right now it, it's like if you're not donating at least 10 grand you can't go into the legends room with it expanding that much i really hope pray you know fingers crossed that you know me who's not donating that much can get in to the legends room before basketball games because that's going to be super cool on basketball game days well Let's talk to Gene. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently some folks I found out uh, think that we're in bed with Gene, and he sends us exactly what to say and I when to in say bed with it. Gene. I would too, but it's not. I wish that was yeah, the case. I, 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 re- would be awesome. I really do. Like honestly, Gene follows us on Twitter. We're friendly. We, we hey, he comes by. Follows me. Hey, there As you go. Like last week. Hey, congrats. So I've been trying to you know wrap things up a little bit. <laughs> Well, but here, here's the thing. Uh, I, know, I know some folks don't understand how we get to talk to these coaches and Gene and all that type of stuff. We just ask and we're <laughs> – We ask, yeah. And, and we, we're just up front with them. Um, they're, they're not telling us what to say. We're not some mouthpiece. So to the random four people who hate listening to this podcast and don't understand how we get that access, uh, you can eat a bag of dicks. Also, Gene's just a really good guy, yeah. personable, Gene, yeah. and, you know – he met us, and it is what it is. Yeah, so folks just need to kind of get over that. But, yeah, so he wants all these projects done in the next three to five years. So that means construction is going to be constant and, you know, rapid. Uh, they're going to start in June, so after commencement ceremonies on the South End Zone and Legends Room project. They're saying it will be done by the 2021 season. So it won't be in place for next football season. But, uh, you know, we only have this season, next season, before we have that sexy new south end zone and new video boards going in the corners, which I'm super excited about, which Same. will mean they're getting rid of those temporary bleachers that kind of look high schoolish.
hours of video boards. Oh, That's gonna it's going to be, gonna be awesome. amazing. Um, it's going to be perfect for me that uh, southeast corner. Yeah, that'll be the one perfect. you're looking at. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, that, that's, that, that got announced again. And new sound system. Yeah, new sound, sound system's going to be coming. Be very excited about some that. Some people are going to get butt hurt when the East projects start happening. They lose some parking, but you know what? Get over it, folks. Are you a fan of a parking spot or are you a fan of K-State football? That's why I want to ask or right. want to say. One other small thing I didn't put in the outline. Did you see the pictures going around of one in, one out on the tailgate terrace? I did. Folks, if you're not on board, like, I don't understand how anyone could not get on board with all stadium alcohol sales, even if it means getting rid of reentry. Fact of the matter is, the majority of folks do not leave at halftime. And I think the majority of folks would like to be able to get a beer or a margarita and take to their seat instead of having to be one in, one out during a game like that. Um, I think it needs to come. I, I, I would really wish that folks would stop throwing fits and just let us make money and drink beer i leave at halftime but if i couldn't it would not be a problem like i would have no issue staying in at halftime yeah and and here's the thing people want to talk about oh you know we want to socialize with folks during halftime i my entire time since i've been to college i've come around and chatted with my parents above section seven you've seen us a million times you can chat with folks yeah you don't have to it's stupid we're going to move on from that maybe there'll be a time where we do a full-on you know facilities pod plus beer in the stadium pod talk about all the pros and cons one thing i do want to bring up because you know what sometimes you have to bring up the good with the bad there's a little bit of talk about this on twitter but the paid attendance for the game yesterday was forty six thousand seventy five. again you and others rightfully pointed out that the actual in-stadium attendance, not the worst in this time frame, but for actual tickets sold, this is the worst since 2009, October 21st, first, uh, or 24th first Colorado, where you only had a paid attendance of 42,000. Uh, I think I know the answer to this, uh, but does that concern you at all? Uh, I mean, after fi- getting you know 51,000 last week, it's a pretty steep downturn. What are your thoughts about that, and uh, will we see another sellout this year? Um, it concerns me a little bit. Um, after you know a great and buzzing first week, I would have hoped to see more people step up and fill those gaps. Um, watching it this, watching it again this morning, there were a decent amount of empty seats, especially in that corner. Um, but then again. 11 a.m. playing a PUD opponent. Um, I don't know. It, it Part of it does disappoint me quite a bit, but I think we're trending in the right direction. I think if – I don't I mean, people have seen the product over the first two weeks. They have to be excited. I would imagine that over the course of the next two games, depending on how we look, that Baylor game, I think, has a decent opportunity to be a sellout, um, especially if, we say, we're 3-1 and one going into that and we've looked – pretty damn good pretty consistent over like the first four games i think it'll be a sellout i think we'll see a sellout again this year but yeah i'm disappointed that people almost what five thousand unsold tickets i think we can do better than that and we talk about how k-state fans love to talk about how they're such great fans and they come from all over the place and how loyal they are, well, they need to put their money where their mouth is and show up to the games. I mean, it's as simple as that. Yeah, it was disappointing, but again, I I think there are a lot of factors at play. Um, Just 
A, the overall national downturn in attendance for live sporting events, that plays a part of it. Um, a lot of folks were completely checked out at the end of the Bill Snyder era, and I think there was only one name that was going to be able to reverse that without even a game being played, and that was Brent Venables, and that didn't happen. So season tickets took a downturn. The entire ground game by the ticket office was to make sure that very first game was a sellout. So it's a tough turnaround. You know, you get that sellout, you get that 51,000 uh, plus some standing room, and then you have six days to turn around and try to fill the same again. Just not quite enough time. You're playing a horrible team. I think Friday night was the first night of Kansas high school football. So quick turnaround. I'm not overly concerned, a little disappointed. I do think we'll see a sellout. Just, you know, if, if say you pull off that upset versus Mississippi State, then you got a bye week. Then you're going to Stillwater. Say you say you win that. All of a sudden, say five and zero. I mean, I, I it's going to be hard to get tickets. Yeah, at that it's point. going to get back to a point where you know folks are going to ha- be jumping up prices on secondary market. So and I think it'll be there, and maybe I'm starting to drink the Kool Aid a little bit. I just man, <laughs> saw your eyes lit they're up. Good. <laughs> this team is good. So um, and on the opposite end of that, you know. My parents were talking about how they saw a couple of old family friends, two different families that, um, you know, haven't had season tickets. We used to sit with them basically my entire childhood. Haven't had season tickets for 15 years, and they're, they were back. They were back for this second game, and they were talking about, hey, I think we're going to re-up. We believe in Chris Kleiman, and next year you're probably going to see us in the stadium every game. So that's a positive. I mean, there are positives going around. Disappointing to see so many empty seats, but – you know, as you listed, there's a lot of factors that go into that, and I'm not hitting the panic button by any means. It was an engaged crowd for, while everyone was there, and so I, I, I'm. We'll move on from it. It's it's not the end of the world, but it is. You know, it's nice to be in a situation where attendance and paid attendance has been so good over the last decade that 95% full stadium is something that. Right. We're spending time to talk about. There yeah. are a lot of Power 5 schools that wish they had that problem. So before we go into talking about the individual player groups, two numbers stuck out for me, and I think they have to be close to records, and at a minimum they are a modern era record. That is 88 players played in total and 11 true freshmen. So I was trying to track it in the stadium when it came to true freshmen, but it was a little tough. Uh, Derek Young was doing a great job on Twitter, but K-State made those release. When you see those numbers, how shocking is it to see that, especially from we've been trained during the entire Bill Snyder era where you're only going to see two true freshmen play an entire season, and you definitely aren't seeing 88 guys play in total. It's, yeah, shocking is a good <laughs> a good word for that, but it's also – Really exciting. Um, th- we talked about this before the season started, about what we hoped, like best-case scenario, the first two games would look like. And I think that they've exceeded those expectations because we were hoping how important it is for this team to get depth experience. And we couldn't have gotten a better start. I mean, 88 players in game two playing, 11 freshmen. Eleven true freshmen. True freshmen. Yeah, that's crazy, and that's exactly what this team needs um, for the future. Because I think we both talked about this at one point that this season might go okay, 
but it's it's the next couple of seasons that we're worried about because we have a, a very thin sophomore class. And if we're getting 11 true freshmen playing, getting them early experience now, I mean, that's huge. That's huge. I, it's just exciting. It's exciting. It's fun to see. The first two games could not have gone better, honestly. I agree with you. It, it literally was like a script from, uh, you know, if you were trying to write a script about the best possible season you could have, this was it. So we will now go through our game review the only way we know how, and that's position by position because that's what we do. We couldn't come up with anything more creative. So quarterbacks um, – you know, in every single position, we are going to talk about more than just the starters because of everyone who played. But Skylar Thompson, again, looked just about perfect. Went 10 of 13, 151 yards, two touchdowns, three rushes for 26 yards. Basically, the perfect Skylar Thompson stat line. Nick Ost, he only threw the ball three times, 28 yards. John Holcomb, he completed one pass. I think it was on a third or fourth down to Joshua Youngblood. Went for nine yards, had eight rushes, 23 yards. 13 of those came on one run, which was electric. And he also had a pretty bad fumble in the, the, the first quarter. But we'll talk about John Holcomb in a second. What did you take from Skyler's time out there? And is – has anyone ever looked good just throwing the ball 13 times as Skyler? I mean, like, it, it, he's just like the general out there. That's a good way to put it. Um, he picked up right where he left off. Um, he just looks so comfortable in this system. It's crazy. Like He looks like he's been in Courtney Messingham's system for three years, and he's just – he looks like an upperclassman, man. He's really impressive. It just feels it feels good having him in the driver's seat, um, and it just I'm so happy for him. I really am. I'm glad that he is our quarterback. Um, he puts me at ease when he's in when he's under center. That's probably the best way that I would put that. He's just Skyler's a damn good quarterback, and I'm glad. I think he's top three in the conference. Oh, I'm starting to get he there might, as honestly, well. I mean, yeah, he is that good. I really believe that. I, I'm I'm starting to get there as well. And you say puts you at ease, and I could not agree more. And I'm again, I don't want to run down former K State players uh, or anything like that. But there have been times in this, you know, kind of Snyder two point the post Josh Freeman era, as I'll call it, that when you see a quarterback drop back, you kind of just oh, take a deep breath and you say, here we go. That's not what it's like for Skyler. He goes back, and every time he throws the ball, it's like, you know, it's the right decision. There was one or two – there were one or two drops, nothing as egregious as last week. But, again, he easily could have been, you know, 12 of 13, almost a perfect 13 for 13 yesterday. He just makes the right decisions. He puts the ball where it needs to be with the proper amount of zip and touch. It's just – that that's what you want your quarterback to be, and I just love the guy. And again, you hear him in post game, and he's just talking about how he's never had this much fun playing football. And at the end of the day, it shows. Yeah, at the end of the day, this these are you know, eighteen to twenty year old kids playing a game, representing a school. It should be fun, and the fact that they're having fun again, especially a kid as good as Skyler, I, I couldn't be happier for him. I mean, if you wanted to like. If people wanted to adjust their expectations for the season, they should do it because of how good Skylar Thompson is, I think. And I said it before the season that we're going 
we're going to make postseason solely, at least because of Skylar Thompson. We Skylar Thompson will will us to six wins. I, it could be more than that at this point. I'm not going to – I mean, I picked seven, but I said way before, like, we well, did anything. But I mean, I was just sitting here saying, what if we're 5-0? and oh, and, <laughs> Yeah, you were. And, and, and I was the guy who picked us to only win five games. So, uh, <laughs> it's just it, – exact, it's exactly what you said. Skylar Thompson is marshalling, generaling this offense to stuff we have never seen in K-State football history. We've never started the season with – Back-to-back games, game one and two, over 500 yards of total offense. And, yes, the running backs are, you know, over 300 yards rushing each game. But you're not doing that if you don't have a quarterback who, anytime he's asked, can pick you up 15, 20 yards without even a second thought. Yeah. He just looks so good. He looks so good in the pocket. And even when the pocket breaks down, he knows exactly when to run. He's had a lot of time, to be fair, but – yeah, he's good, and he's he's a good runner too. Like that's what I love about him is if he has to run, you, you're pretty much guaranteed. If Skyler is taking off, you know it's like all right, he's got ten yards at least. Exactly, and what's great is that is now the exception instead of the rule. He's not being used as a fullback; he's being used the way he should be as a running quarterback. Yeah, really impressive, true dual threat guy. And man, you just have to be excited going forward. I just don't know how people. How people could ever be like nitpicking Skyler just to do it. I mean, he's a stud. He is a stud, and he's a winner. We'll move on to Mr. Jonathan Holcomb. Uh, he actually had a snap in the first quarter. I, I think the kid was just a little hyped up, dropped the ball, yeah. took a bit of a loss, which kind of hurt his uh, rushing numbers. But how electric was that 13-yard rush? where it, it basically was old-school kind of Snyder quarterback power, but, like, he ran over, like, two dudes. Yeah. it's He trucked a safety. He looked like me, and as, as that safety looked like me. Like, back when I was in seventh grade, I, I never missed tackles, but I got trucked constantly, so, and that was literally what it looked like. Um, Holcomb's great, man. I mean, he's, I mean, he's not great, but he's very raw. Very, very raw. And it's, and it's exciting to see him. Yes. He has clear talent and ridiculous potential um, and a comically strong arm. Oh, yeah. It, well, threw it 20 yards out of bounds. Yeah, almost threw it into the band. He was claiming he was throwing it away. Um, I'll believe him. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But, man, that throw – I mean, it looked great. Like, I was laughing if we were on the If we were on, like, the 50-yard <laughs> line and, you know, that, that puts you in the end zone. But – uh, I, I like that they're trying to keep him engaged. I'm not one of these people who are clamoring for him to move to tight end. I want to see what he can do as he continues to develop. Um, maybe yeah. he'll never be more than just like a package guy. Um, but even if that's the case, I like the ball in his hands uh, out of the shotgun. I I, I like what he showed us. Um, yeah. And, and I'm excited. It's funny. I mean, he would be like – if this were three or four years ago, I think Bill would be, like, licking his chops with his ability to run. And then he'd completely mismanage him, and he'd never reach his full potential. Yeah, probably so. But we would be seeing some serious running numbers from John Holcomb. But he doesn't look very comfortable <laughs> in the pocket at all. Um, to be fair to him, uh, he didn't have a lot of time when he was in, but... 
I like him. I like him a lot. I mean, you have to like what you see with just his raw ability and his ridiculously powerful running style. But he's got a lot of work to do. Um, but I like that we are working him in. And granted, we've had the uh, the opportunity to work him in early. But I guess we did put him in in the first quarter. He was definitely a little too hyped. I think he was. He was. He was looking downfield already, yeah, seeing what he needed to do, and he forgot that the ball he had to catch the ball first. But yeah, and and I, I would like to see him continue to get meaningful snaps. Nick Ost, um, you know, he was fine in the few times he had to throw it. Um, I think of him just kind of as a caretaker. I think if, and this isn't an original take, but I think if all of a sudden next week. Uh, God forbid, forbid something happens to Pimp Juice Skylar Thompson. If you're up by like 14 versus Mississippi State late in the third quarter, I think you see Nick Austin to try to ice out the game, hand the ball off, hand the ball off. If something, God forbid, happens to Pimp Juice Skylar Thompson, you're down 14 in the third quarter, I think you're bringing in John Holcomb and saying, hey, Big Daddy, let's see what you can do. Um, That's hilarious. I have literally have that written in my notes. If something, God forbid, happens to Skyler, um, I feel more comfortable with Aust probably coming in as the two right now. I just don't really trust Holcomb um, to run the offense. Uh, I think he obviously has more ability to get like a big play, but I probably want to see Aust at the two right now. Um, just seems a little more ahead of John Holcomb at this time, but it's we're kind of splitting hairs, I think. Yeah. I, I Holcomb has certainly a higher ceiling. I mean, that is obvious to everybody, but if we had to play a number two, um, and you're right, it de- does depend on the situation, but if we had to play a number two, I'd probably want to see Nick Ost going in, um, kind of managing that game. Yeah, but hopefully yes, we won't like see that. that is such a like, cliche, but... At this point, I do actually believe that. Yeah, I hopefully we don't have to see it in Skyler, you know, just swags all over those hillbillies down Mississippi. Um, so we're going to transition into the offensive line. They did give up four tackles for loss, two sacks. Um, but at the end of the day, K-State rushed for triple threes, 333 Crazy. yards. Uh, and they passed, you know, for 188 total yards. First time in school history, like I said, over 500 yards to start the season back-to-back games. What'd you take from the first-team offensive line? We'll touch on the second-team offensive line because they got a lot of work together. But of the number ones, what did you see? Um, I was impressed, again. Um, and to be fair, one of those sacks was – Skyler had a lot of time. That was more of a coverage sack. He was – I just watched it. He was – he had five or six seconds in the pocket – and I just looks like he had nowhere to throw, um, so he kind of just went down himself. Um, but God, just creating gaping holes for our three-headed cat. And I mean, I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed. I like. I really like what Connor Riley's doing. Um, it seems to be working for us so far. My guy Holtorf had another great game. Pro Football Focus had him near a 90 uh, grade. I thought he looked really good. Yes, um, Scott France was a little shaky, but he was battling. He was battling some injuries this week, so I'm not going to hold that Clearly. against him. But uh, Holtorf, I, I, th- I'm starting to come around as he might be the guy who gets drafted next year. He, he had. I've been so impressed with what he's been able to do this season, 
in the middle of that offensive line. Yeah, and he was the guy that pulled after he snapped on that Jordan Brown run and created that extra gap, and Brown just exploded through it. So I love these. I love watching our offensive line play. Um, it's fun. I mean, what Connor Riley has implemented with Messingham, it's very, very fun to watch. It's now like that ballet know, out there. It's big dudes doing ballet. Now that I like know what to watch for, it just makes it very interesting, much more interesting to watch on that level. And I'm excited going forward. It, now the real tests begin, and it's going to be – it's going to be intriguing. Yes, it will be intriguing. Next week, 11 a.m., can't wait. Um, let's throw a little bit of cold water on this podcast because I won't speak for you. I'll just give my opinion. The number two offensive line left a lot to be desired. They got bullied quite yeah. a bit, um, but they got a lot of valuable time together, basically the entire second half. Um, but, yeah, did not give the quarterbacks a whole lot of time and didn't give our freshmen, our two freshmen running backs, a whole lot to work with. Um, they were getting hit at the line of scrimmage often, and, I mean, it shows. There was a big drop-off between the ones and the twos, um, but they got a lot of valuable experience, and that's a good thing to take away from it. But, yeah, <laughs> they didn't look very good. No, and that is the biggest concern when you look forward to next year. Um, because you're still starting five uh, five seniors on the offensive line, you're getting uh, Josh Revis as Matt is Matt Hall's liking to call him the Journal because he's a big J. I don't know about that. I I mean, why does it? I, I would rather just if you're gonna go that route, just the journalist. It doesn't have I would to call be him like Jerno. a two. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I lean more that way with you, but they. They don't. They don't get British culture like no, we do. They, they don't. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna call him the Journo. I'm he's just a gonna big stick J. with Revo. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go against my head coach. Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll, well, I like the journalist. I really do. Yeah. So, I don't. Under, it doesn't have to be like two syllables. Yeah. I think no, the journalist I, sounds freaking good. I like it. I like it. But he he got some time out there. Um, I think he'll be all right, but I, I really am concerned about those tackles. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens. I have faith in Connor Riley. At the end of the day, I think there is going to be some times where they can get some playing time. Uh, West Virginia's trash, KU's trash. So you're hoping to get some time for the offensive line in those two Big 12 games, the number twos. Um, but, I mean, they're not going to get full halves like that again. So I was I that was my biggest maybe disappointment. At, maybe of the at game. home, West Virginia. I mean maybe. They're really bad. They are bad. Um yeah, that game to me is no longer a toss up. Um, no. We I will one hundred percent be picking the cats to win and cover that week. But um yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna take away from it is that they had literally an entire half, you know, against a power five team to not a power five team. Um, FBS, an team. FBS team um, to you know work on those kinks and get valuable experience. Now they they did not look the part, but maybe that will that will come in time. We'll beef those boys up. They'll have an entire year in the system, and you know we'll go again. Yep. They will go again. We won't worry about that for ten more months. So let's talk about the running backs real quick. I'll do a stat check. Gilbert, eight rushes, one hundred three yards, two touchdowns. 
Jordan Brown, four rushes, 64, thank you, 64 yards, one touchdown, one catch for 10 yards. Harry Trotter, nine for 22, did get in the end zone. True freshman Jacardia Wright, 14, let yeah, led the team in rushing attempts, 59 yards. Joe Irving, 8 for 28, one touchdown. Tyler Burns only got one carry. Is what it is, but it is the second game in a row where at least four players got a rushing touchdown. That's a pretty cool stat. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, let's just key in on Gilbert and move down the line. Um, I I love him. I think he looked really strong again. Um, what impresses me with him is, you know, his yards after contact are crazy. Um, that's what sticks out to me. He's such a direct runner that literally, like, never stops churning his legs. And he'll, sometimes he'll, like, just be jumping in the pile <laughs> to get, like, an extra, like, yard. He just looks crazy. Like, I love watching him run. That's why his nickname is the Super Bowl. He came from Ball State, and he's bouncy. Bounces off all these runners. Fair enough. Uh, that won't catch on. But still, his he, yards yeah, after contact. Neither will <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't even like that. because I, del- I deleted that instantly. That's fine because I actually <laughs> think it is a two-head with some complimentary pieces. Um, but Gilbert, again, he gets hit, and it's like, all right, well, you touched him once. He's going to pick up at least two more yards. And that long run that he had didn't quite get in the end zone. He ran into the middle of the pile. I'm like, I think he got the first down, but then he just bounces out and picks up 40 more yards. He did not. He got stuffed um, oh, was d- two yards behind. It would have been a, oh. about a two-yard loss. Oh, shit. He hit a guy and then I'm hit another guy. Um, so he broke two, basically two tackles in the backfield, and – he spun the second tackle, and that was like a, what, 50, 45-yard run. Um, didn't quite have the speed, but that guy had the angle on him. Um, but he doesn't impressive. need to be a speed guy. Like, if he's going to be this guy who is not going to go down at first contact, he's going to fit a role, and he got in there twice. Uh, I'm a fan of his game. I, I really am. And I think it's a great compliment for Jordan Brown. That's yeah. why I think those two are a great two-headed monster. I would like to see Brown get more touches because we saw on that big, long touchdown run, he has home run speed. Yes. And he has the ability to be an elite receiver out of the backfield. So uh, He in, kind of looks like Chris Harper, like when he catches the ball. He's shorter. It's, but I mean, yeah, but like his like, movement style – Reminds me a lot of Chris Harper. We just need Some him now perfect to start routes. doing the eating thing. Yeah, the big soup ladle. Yeah. No, he's very versatile. Probably, I mean, definitely our most versatile back. And he showed his speed in that open touchdown. Um, he's got really reliable hands. I like him. They're, they complement each other very, very well. Um, I'm not sure we can say... I'm not sure you can, we can say he's our best back at this point in time, but no, no I I think uh, I think at the end of the day, I don't think either of those running backs will ever do enough to pull so far ahead of the other and say, "Hey, that is our true number one." Uh, again, being super cliche, I think it is a one A one B, and th- both those guys give you something different. And uh, at K State, you're probably not going to get one guy who can do both of those things. Well, no. I mean, we had Alex Barnes. He could do both of those things. But still, the fact they're able to complement each other to that point, I, I, I think that that's just going to be a good partnership uh, moving forward through the season, and uh, they're exceeding my expectations. Oh, yeah. Gilbert has exceeded mine 
very, very far. Just think, if you would have stuck to your guns saying that he was going to be the one to lead the team in rushing, you'd be sitting pretty good right now. I mean... Only two games in, but... Did I dial that back? Yeah, in the predictions episode. Fuck. Uh, well, I mean... Yeah, he's putting up some damn good numbers. I mean, eight eight rushes for 103 and two touchdowns is pretty impressive. What I love about him is, like, the way he just hits holes is... He, sl- he like, kind of slips into holes, but with speed and purpose. I did not mean it that way. Blue Chew. Subscribe to Blue Chew. And slip into holes like oh God. James no, Gilbert. No. Okay. So Harry Trotter <laughs> did not back up his week one performance as well. Nine rushes, only 22 yards, one touchdown. Um, here's my take, and tell me if I'm wrong. By the end of the season, Harry Trotter will not be the number three running back, and it will be one of the true freshmen. You Tell think, me if I'm wrong. You think Jacardia Wright has that? Or it could be Joe Irvin. I, I don't know. I think one of those guys will eventually displace Harry Trotter. Um, I, I Maybe. Th- he, he got into the end zone, not trying to downgrade that, and not trying to necessarily downgrade what he did last week. I just think that there is far more talent in Wright and Irving. I was than really Trotter. impressed with Wright. I really was. Um to to defend Harry Trotter, um each of his carries, it looked like he was basically met either in the backfield or at the line of scrimmage and he didn't get a lot of help from the line almost every run that he had. Um he had a couple of good t- good runs where he got 5 or 6 yards. Um but I I don't know I mean I think it's I think it's too early to tell I like what Harry Trotter brings he's a fairly well-rounded back but yeah I mean I don't think that's crazy to think that Jacardia Wright could step up and take that mantle um, but I think it's too early to tell he got in the, he got in the end zone he had a he had a good run um, yeah I don't know. That's a take that we will have to let simmer for a while. Yep, and to touch on Wright, the thing I like about him is he's that kind of traditional power back that he you looks don't strong. You don't necessarily see that in today's college football as much. He actually got some carries with the first team offensive line, which I think tells you a lot about you know his week over week improvement. I mean, he was able to take 14 for, you know, almost 60 yards. Again, that's not going to blow you away. It's not the greatest yards per carry average. But the fact that he was able to move the ball, gain yards, and take the hits, his body can handle it. And, you know, that's maybe something that you don't get with any of the other guys on the roster right now. I really like his number, 28 as well. I think that's a damn good running back number. But, um, yeah, Jacardia looks like he has a legitimate future at running back for K-State, and I was impressed with him. Absolutely. The first true freshman touchdown of the year came from Joe Irving. Eight carries, 28 yards, got into the end zone. Got a little fortunate yeah, as well. Yeah, he, he did. He did. Um, <laughs> because what the did he run into the fullback? Yeah. Or something happened. They The fullback, I think, went the wrong way, and uh, – Ost literally like stiff armed our own fullback and then just handed the ball off to him and he waltzed in. Yeah, he got in. Made um, the best of it. Again, I think I find myself lining up behind Wright as my guy for the true freshman, but you know, it's good to see those guys get carries because fact of the matter is with 
Jordan Brown and Mr. Gilbert leaving, we're going to need production out of those two next year. Certainly. Um, Tyler Burns only had one carry, didn't pick up any yards. I mean, he is what he is. I mean, I, I think he'll be serviceable. I think you're going to need some stuff from him next week in the or next year. And Coach Kleiman did say it wasn't an indictment of him, but he just wanted to get the true freshman some touches. I think you'll see Tyler Burns on the travel roster next week. I think you'll only see one of those true freshmen. But we'll see what happens come Saturday. And I, I believe him when he says Oh, that, yeah. You know. and, and that's the craziest thing. Bill Snyder, you always had to think, okay, what does he really mean? Try to you know, figure out what he's really trying to say. Chris Kleiman says something. I'm like, yep. Yeah, that's pretty, what pretty that's what it means. Yeah, so um, we'll move to the wide receivers. Malik Knowles had a great game: five catches, ninety nine yards, two touchdowns. Gill one for twenty two. Taylor four for twenty one. Shown one for twelve. Porter one for twelve. Youngblood I have in here one for twelve. But I'm pretty sure it was one for nine. Um, after an early drop from Knowles, I think the big story was he just had a breakout game. Um, what did you take away from Knowles' performance and the wide receivers as a whole? Trying to remember that drop, I did just watch. It was the like in, it was like the first drive, I think. Hit him in the hands. It was coming towards the sideline, I believe, if memory serves me correctly. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as egregious as any of the others, but there was some groaning in the stands. He had a drop. I think he had a drop in uh, like the very first drive. Uh, it was was it on third down? I swear, I just saw this. Um, I haven't rewatched it. So it was on third down, and I think um, it was kind of like a slant inside, and oh, yep. it was thrown a little bit behind him actually. And then you know the the defensive back hit him basically right when the ball hit his hands. So I, it it was a drop, but he wasn't going to score there anyways. Um, so I'm not, but but he made like some spectacular catches. I mean, he showed that he has very good hands. Um, and he's so lanky. Like, he he is – I saw him stretch for a ball, like, almost <laughs> full stretch, and the the ball just stuck to his hands like glue. So, I mean, I I have very high hopes for him. High hopes. And he has more speed than I thought he did in the open field. I loved, loved seeing him on that jet sweep. Um, the gap kind of closed a little bit, but he got an easy 10 yards. Um, as far as ceiling – what are your what are your thoughts ceiling for Malik? I mean, I think Malik he can Knowles. be a true number one receiver for us. I don't think in this offense he's ever going to get the ball enough to be like all Big Twelve type player. Excuse me, but he does have that talent. He truly does have that number one talent. Um, there's a Ask Bosco question a little bit later talking about the talent behind Malik Knowles. So I'll hold off on talking about all or any of that until then. But I do think he has true number one receiver potential, which I wasn't sure of coming into this season. Right. And, you know, granted it's the first two games against lesser opponents, but I think genuinely Malik Knowles has all Big 12 type skill and ability and potential. Um, what I like the most is he's already got a really good relationship with Skyler, clearly. And Skyler, I think, sees him as his number one target. Um, he's just got the intangibles. He's impressed me with everything he's done from start to finish. Um, three or four times yesterday, he left his defender basically for dead in the first five yards of his route. And 
that's what jumps out to me the most. Um, he gets open at will, and it's not just against these lower opponents. He did it last year on his first touchdown of the season at TCU against one of the best defensive backs in the conference, and he made it look easy. So I think we should be expecting a lot from Malik Knowles, and I know that um, I think I agree with you when you say that he may not be able to reach these types of num- these types of numbers, you know, consistently in this type of offense but early days and and he's already getting a lot of targets I mean game one he got he was the guy that Skyler was going to game two he was the guy that Skyler was going to Skyler's only throwing it 13 times which I think in big 12 play that's going to probably at least double um depending on how well we're running I mean if we're running for 333 yards consistently then we won't need to pass, but there's going to be more. There's going to be more opportunities where we're going to need to pass the ball, and I think Malik Knowles is our best weapon in that regard. So, shit, put up 99 yards and two touchdowns. Yep. I mean, one of those was I think a one-handed grab yeah. that he, he had dunked, to kind of come back and for. And he dunked on a guy where it had to be reviewed, but yeah, I he had a great performance. I, I mean. I think we should all be very optimistic. Yeah, um, I think his I agree. his his benefits certainly have outweighed his his faults thus far, and he made some tough catches today. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see him against some better teams. Yes, I am too. Um, we will move on. Tight ends, fullbacks, H backs. None of them registered any stats. Uh, did you see anything from them? I really liked seeing Jax out there. He was chopping dudes down. Like he isn't afraid that you know if he can feel the running back behind him and he wants to spring him, he's going to take the dude out at the knees. And I like that aggressiveness. Yeah, he is. Um, I like it. Um, I think they're all pretty across the board. Pretty solid. I mean, we didn't see much out of them yesterday um, offensively, but granted, I probably haven't watched the game closely enough to really digest what they did yesterday. So I'll have to I'll have to catch it on the rewatch and just tweet about it. Pro Football Focus was not a fan of Sammy Wheeler, um, but the guy's still learning the position, so I'm not too worried about it. We will move on to the defense. First fourth quarter shutout since 2015. Uh, Hubert left the game in the second quarter, didn't come back in. That's a bit concerning. Sounds like it was concussion protocol. They're optimistic that he'll play next week, um, and that's coming from Case Online. Derek Young was the one saying that. Um, I'm not quite as optimistic. I actually would gamble that we don't see Hubert next week. Yeah, um, that's a that's a blow. That's a big blow. Um, Wyatt Hubert, I think, is definitely our best defensive lineman um, at this point in time. And what is – I mean, if he has a concussion, what's that, six games out automatically? No, I make no, that up? no, 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 no. You made that up. Okay. Well, I thought I heard that somewhere. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I mean, there's chances he, he could have had a concussion depending on how he bounced back from it. He might be there next week, or if it's bad, he may not play again. Like, that's the right. thing about concussions in football. You don't really know. Um, we'll see. Really hope we have him. He's, I still consider him our best defensive lineman. Be tough to play without him versus Mississippi State. But they played a lot better. They really did, did cause a ton of havoc, especially early. Hubert did have two tackles, one TFL before he left. 
Uh, Mitty got a tackle for a loss. Trey Deshaun had no tackles, but he was in the backfield. He disrupted the quarterback twice, had two registered QB hurries. Uh, Kyle Ball, nothing but one QB pressure. Uh, the guy who's going to have to step up, and he has he has not done so so far in his senior year, Reggie Walker did not register any sacks, and especially if Hubert's down, he needs to become the guy. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the stats from the starters. Khaled Duke, who is a redshirt freshman, I believe, uh, defensive end, he was the one who recovered the fumble. Uh, did you see enough improvement out of the defensive line? Uh, they did hold uh, Bowling Green to only 61 yards on 20 attempts. So, do you see enough to alleviate some of the disappointment from last week? I did. Um, a little bit, yeah. Um, I mean, they couldn't get anything going. <laughs> and it, that started, I think, at the defensive line. Um, they had a couple, couple plays where it broke down, but, you know, I was – I was expecting them to run a little bit more on us, and we kind of locked them up from the get-go. So I was impressed. Um, we did – it seemed like we really flustered their quarterback, who might be the worst quarterback I've ever seen play the game of football. But I feel a little bit better. I think Bowling Green is really, really bad. They are. <laughs> <laughs> but we're just – we're going to learn – we're going to have a lot to talk about next week. We're going to learn a ton in week three, and I'm excited. I'm nervous. Um, I think we have a shot, so we'll obviously get into that. Yeah, we're we're doing that to ourselves. But, we'll talk about during the preview show. But I'm uh, I feel a little bit better about it. They got a lot better push, and um, I think it was a much more complete performance. Uh, linebackers, my guy from last year, and I was pumped to see him. Daniel Green had a day. Led all defenders with four solo tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss, forced fumble and pass defended. Uh, Daquan Patton, two tackles. He was all over the field. Eli Sullivan, two tackles, got a QB pressure. Eric Gallen got three uh, tackles in reserve duty. What did you like most from the linebackers, and what are you hoping to see next week in Mississippi State? Uh, Hold a little bit back for the preview pod, but do you think this group is firing on all cylinders to give us a shot next week? I don't know if I would say they're firing on all cylinders. The reality is it is tough to gauge these first two games. Um, I think they've been solid. I think they've been very solid the first two games. Nothing glaring I've noticed that I'm worried about from the linebackers at this point. I'm glad that they're looking healthy. I'm becoming increasingly impressed and hopeful for Daniel Green's contribution this season. I think next week we will need them to be on their A-plus game um, because they will be tested. I don't. I still don't fully believe in our defensive line. Um, I don't think they're great at stopping the run, and Kylan Hill is maybe one, of the, maybe a top five running back in the country. Um, so that worries me a little bit. So the linebackers are going to have to be on their, their absolute best game. They're going to have to be ready to fill those gaps, and they're going to have to be playing fast and thinking very fast, um, or else we'll be in trouble in Starkville. It might look a little similar to how it looked in Manhattan last year, but I am impressed. I think uh, they've exceeded my expectations. Daquan Patton, I think, is taking a step up. Um, but Daniel Green is he He's looks, a madman. I mean, he looks like on par, if not maybe even a little bit better than his upperclassmen. I'm impressed with him. I'm very impressed with him. And I'm just so glad. I just love Chris Kleiman. <laughs> yeah, it's a ton of fun. We'll move quickly into the secondary. Uh, they tried to pass it 24 times. Uh, only complete 11, just 79 yards. 
Wayne Jones, who Wayne Jones had a tackle for loss. He was all over the field. A.J. Parker had one pass defended, and they only came at him one other time. So, he, especially versus these lower-level teams, he's really locked down his side of the field. Um, what did you see from the secondary? Did you have any concerns? Uh, I will kind of jump the gun a little bit. Uh, Mr. McPherson, he did not look good. Um, anytime that Bowling Green made a play, it almost seemed to come at the expense of Mr. McPherson, um, J-Mac as they like to call him. I'm I'm very concerned with how he played at nickel this week. Yeah, he didn't look great. Uh, <laughs> but as a whole, um, again, we weren't really tested too much. It's hard to tell, you know. I mean, just our defense was not on the field. They just weren't on the field at one point. It was like, I mean, what was the total time of possession? At one point, it was like we were minutes. on for 13 minutes. Yeah. And it's just like, it's hard to really gauge. It's hard to gauge, you know, how well they played. But, I mean, could have got a couple of interceptions. Um, coverage was good, I think, when the ones were in. And I think that we're seeing, we're swarming to the ball, which I like to see. Um, I think they're playing a little bit faster, more aggressive, but it's tough. I, like I said, their quarterback is literally the worst player I've ever seen, I think. <laughs> so it's tough. We're, we're going to learn a lot next week, but I I wasn't like uh, – there's nothing that really was glaring to me that was like I'm hitting the I'm, – I'm really nervous about. McPherson did not play well, but <sighs> – I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. He he was not in position very often. I feel like he he's got some work to do at the nickel nickel position. I I agree there. Yep. And then uh, Walter Neal also was hurt. Yeah, uh, but they said me. he could have came, came back into the game. So I'm going to choose to believe that everything's going to be fine there. Um, we'll move quickly into the special teams. Uh, Blake Lynch hit a field goal. His first field goal of the game was a perfect seven for seven on extra points. Um, there were two kickoff penalties uh, for kicking the ball out of bounds. I believe uh, Ankdal had one of them, and uh, McClellan, I believe, was the other one. I don't know if we saw Zentner kick off at all. Um, so, you know, that's a little concerning. There was one sky kick that found the ground, and then uh, we recovered it. It was uh, it was uh, Landry Weber who got it. Uh, so what were your thoughts on – oh, and then punting, you know – uh, Inktel had three punts, had a long of 51, average of 37, one touchback, none down inside the 20. He cramped up. He needs to make sure he drinks water. And then Philip Brooks lost <laughs> a, uh, a muffed punt. He muffed another one. Um, so what are your thoughts on special teams? Good to see Blake Lynch. Um, perfect. Perfect on the day. Um, get his first actual field goal of the season. Um, was not a tough one, but – you know that's good to get that off your back. Um, missed missed that first game, and you know get that out of your head. Just move forward. Um, return game. I'm worried about Philip Brooks. Um, I I don't care about punt returns. I want to just not lose the ball. I yes. want to put a safe option back there. Punt, punt returns literally just call fair catch. I could like the the amount of times you're going to break off a run that isn't called back for a penalty. I don't think it's worth possibly muffing it and yeah. losing the ball. I just I literally just want to call fair catch every time. Yeah, put it put your most reliable catcher back there and call it good. I 
I don't want to take those risks going forward if that's going to be a problem. Um, punting, ankle, I thought, tore his ACL in the first. I thought he was dead. I thought he was like, oh, God, yeah, he might be done for a while. He looked like he was in a lot of pain. It didn't look like a cramp to me well, initially. Well, they, they were working on it as a cramp. So I, I quickly, when they got out there, I was like, okay, it was I just a cramp, mean like. But- I mean, I didn't. I just didn't see that when it when I watched the replay, and he was holding the back of his knee, and I was like, "Oh shit, he's yeah." He just pulled. He just blew something up because he's not had any game time, and he just comes out and hurts himself on the first play. But um, I loved that sky kick. I wonder. I feel like teams should try to like kind of. Uh, Maybe re rehash the onside kick in a way. Get a couple of your fastest players. Work on that sky kick and just shoot in right into that gap and get your the fastest players on the team just running full speed. If they hit that timing right, they might be able to just run right under that. Yeah. Well, and I'd like to see that. Honestly, Bowling Green screwed up big time. A because I mean, they terrible. suck. They are so but bad. That you now have the awareness to call a fair catch and just get underneath and, it. I mean, you cannot have the ball hit the ground. No. I mean, good God. But but that was amazing. I, I would like to see that in the repertoire because with the fair catch, uh, you know, getting the ball in the 25, coverage kicks literally have kind of gone out. So going for a sky kick, putting it right about that 25-yard line, hoping for some chaos, I think that's the way to go. So um, any other thoughts on special teams before we move on to grading our keys to V? No, sir. All right, our keys to V are going to be brought to you by Alma Creamery, my favorite spot to get Kansas Farm Fresh Milk Cheese. Uh, they're in the Flint Hills of Kansas. They've been doing this since 1946. Um, tons of products. you got your five-pound blocks, cheese curds, and everything in between. They have all these great flavors. My favorite, the garlic they got the pepper jack, dill, buffalo, and more. The creamery, only three miles south after you get off I-70 exit 328 in Alma, Kansas. Get all your cheesy tailgate needs right there. We want to thank them for riding with us. Uh, it's great cheese. Like The next time we drive to Manhattan, I'm, I'm going to say, hey, we need to get off there because I need some more of those garlic cheese curds. It's great cheese. It is. It's, it's the best. Best in the biz. So, first key to V, it was yours. Don't fall in love with yourselves. What are you giving that grade? Um, Got to give them an A at least. Um, 52 nothing. first shutout in four years. Can't ask for much better than that. Game was over at halftime. Climbing postgame was really hammering that narrative again, which I'd love to see. Don't fall in love with yourself. He's saying we've got so much farther to go, and I really like what he's doing. I'm giving it an A+. Plus. Perfect score on that one for me. Um, the next one, this one was mine, causing disruption on the front floor with your defense. I'm giving it a B plus. Um, you know, I, I think you saw a massive improvement. Still would have liked to see some specific guys step up a little more. But uh, very close to an A for me. I, it gave me a little bit more confidence. Uh, we're going to see a lot versus Mississippi State next week. I hope they can continue the improvement. Number three, keep that dog. Are you not going to give it a grade? Oh, sorry. Um, I'll give it a B plus as well. Much more com- Comprehensive performance. A um, little worried about Reggie Walker. Um, but far more disruptive this week, so better. Right, Number three, ahead. sorry. <laughs> Keep that dog mentality. I just realized that, you know, I don't really fully know what this means, and it's hard to grade <laughs> this. Um, so I'd say that defensively, you know, we were flying to the ball. We shut him down immediately. Um, very physical, came out punched in the mouth right from the beginning of the game, and um, 
it was over early, just like week one. So I'll give it a A minus, but I feel like it's just that's very arbitrary. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm giving an A minus as well, yeah. as well, uh, just because I don't want to give another A plus and just a regular A, whatever. Final one, limit drops, giving it a B plus again. Uh, made some really tough catches. Honestly, B plus might be a little harsh on it. Drops happen. It's football. It's what happens when you pass the ball. No one's going to be perfect. Uh, so B plus might be a little harsh, but that's why I'm going with B plus. I was very pleased with uh, Malik Knowles coming back from last week and an early drops to make those two spectacular touchdown catches. I'll give it an A minus of the drops that I saw. None of them were really bad drops, um, and they weren't on plays that. <sighs> I mean, the passes were kind of. It was like, I think I saw what's his name? Oh God, Chabasson Taylor. Travis Taylor had a drop, um, and Malik Knowles' drop does not hurt me too much. Um, so I'm not—I mean, I'm not concerned about it. I think they looked better than last week for sure. Um, I just think we have a—we have a pretty complete and uh, well-rounded wide receiver core. Um, I do think Malik is definitely our guy, and him stepping up is what—him having a huge day is what puts me in that A minus category. So. All right, we are getting to our Ask Bosco post-game questions. These are being brought to you by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag, use promo code CHAIR for a 100% deposit up to $1,000. You win, you get paid. Get this bread. Powercat Ryan asks, are you starting to think that maybe football really is football? That was Chris Kleiman's favorite catchphrase he said to us in our interview with him. He said it multiple times in uh, his post-game press conferences when asked about the jump from FCS to Power 5, uh, I always – like the second I bought into Chris Kleiman, I bought into that phrase. So what say you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's obvious that Chris Kleiman is a good football coach. I think he's just – and what I think what sets him apart is he's just like an outstanding he, – he, he knows how to run a program and he knows how to come in and just change attitudes – and I think it's it was just a breath of fresh air for every single player. Love how he's just giving people opportunities left and right. And I think what's what stands out the most about him, he said, "I'm gonna love you, but I'm and I'm gonna challenge you." And that's like we are seeing that to a T. I mean, I think those boys really needed some love too. I agree with you. Uh, SL Keck asked how big of a donation would it take to the athletic department to get them to release a bunch of kittens on the field when they say, here come the cats. Um, I don't think that's going to happen with all the fireworks and smoke. You that know? would be too scary. Yeah, too scary for the tiny little baby cats. Charlie T. Cook asks, when does college game day return to Manhattan? I'm saying 2022. Um, I don't really know. Maybe when October we're 26th. Is that when we play Oklahoma? Yeah. Undefeated? Hey, why not? Uh, Illinois No, kid. they're going to pass us up for some bullshit because one of us has one loss and they're assholes. Okay. Illinois KSQ says, who is our wide receiver two? Good teams are going to take away Malik. I referenced this question earlier. I think the good thing about our wide receiver situation, I don't think we truly have a number two. I think we have a lot of threes and fours, which leads them to say, hey, if you're going to take away Malik, that's fine because we feel confident in there not being a massive drop-off from whoever is number two, three, four, five, and even six on the depth chart. I think you have a depth of playable guys. I don't think you have a true number two, but I do think you have a lot of guys you can target if someone really is going to take away Malik. Yeah. Um, I'd still probably lean to Schoen, but like they're all very similar. 
and I'm not sh- – I mean, I'm actually, yeah, Malik is definitely our number one. He's gotten all the targets and all the big targets in games one and two, and I ex- I don't expect that to change. So I feel pretty comfortable with um, our, so our quote-unquote number two wide receivers. Um, I think they're all very capable. Chef Andre Napier, could you have envisioned a better start through two games climbing era? No. Honestly, no. Andre, the good chef again, how happy are you with the way they divide up carries for the running back group? Uh, and anybody you think need more or less, I'd like to see Jordan Brown get more touches, but for the most part, I'm very pleased with how they divide everything up. I would like to see Jordan Brown get more touches too, but when you look at like the distribution, it's not like James Gilbert is getting 15 carries. I mean, he only had eight carries. He just <laughs> busted for 100 yards and two touchdowns, but definitely Jordan Brown needs to get more than four. Is that what he had? Yeah, four carries and one catch. Right. I so want I him want to get him more to than get, four carries yes, at least. Yes, I want him to get eight touches. I don't care how it happens. Andre asked, did Walter Nier ever return this game? Nope, but we think he'll play versus Mississippi State. Does this performance change how you think the outcome of the Mississippi State game will be? Uh, probably not. I'm probably still going to p- predict us to lose, uh, but I, I'll think harder about it before I say that. Yeah, I think – no, I think we have a legitimate shot after after seeing us these first two weeks. I think we have a shot, but it's on the road in the SEC. They have an outstanding running back. You know, we are still we could still lose by three touchdowns. I mean, we don't know it's going to be like in that environment. So, I agree. Uh, final one from the good chef. Would you consider the performance of Mister Ankle, aka Boomstick Swagger? Just to be a matter of being a little rusty, I didn't think it was bad. I mean, he had, he booted it at 51 yards. It just happened to be a touchback. Uh, came close to checking right up there on the two. I think he'll be fine. I think he's a really good punter. I do too. I mean, that was the f- – took it took three whole halves for us to even put our punting unit out on the field. So, no, I'm not worried about him. Underscore Riles 23, is it time to consider the Cats running back you? Some people are saying it. Not quite yet. <laughs> Um, no, no, not yet. Who's uh, saying it? <laughs> I don't know. Powercat Ryan is I was sit the first college game day host to never win nine regular season games. Probably they're losers. I hate them, man. Uh, Panda propaganda. Who is the girl that sings? Come on boys at the end of our intros. I don't know. Um, it is Ellen Keegan, Ellen Keegan, Tom Keegan's daughter. Hey, that is Austin. That's ironic. Austin, it is very funny. It's Austin Showers' um, girlfriend, and that They're is an attractive who, couple. That is who does our songs. Austin Shower is the one singing like an idiot and playing playing the guitar, and then she's been doing the the Come On Boys at the end. So they're very talented. I enjoy um, SF Wildcats one. What are your thoughts on the punning game and the size of Ankle? Should he be playing D line or something? No. No. Stick swagger. Keep, he is keep huge. Him. Yeah, he is huge, but I love him. I like that he's our punter. Of the 27 running backs to play for K-State, which one was the best? We touched on it. I think I still like Jordan Brown's game the most, but um, Gilbert, I mean, back-to-back 100-yard rushing games, you can't take that away from him. Um, Yeah, regardless of who touches the ball between those two, I'm very comfortable with both of them. Okay, Powercat Ryan, rank the Big 12 teams as you see them right now. For me, I'm going to go – Oklahoma, K-State, Texas, even though they lost to LSU, um, Texas Tech, uh, oh boy, um, TCU, 
I don't know. KU's at the or West Virginia's at the bottom. KU's just above them. West for uh, or Iowa State's just above KU. K State's number two. The rest, who cares? I power ranked them yesterday. Actually, I've got OU, Texas, K State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, yeah, Baylor's Iowa good. State, TCU, Texas Tech, KU, West Virginia. Iowa State's too high. Rank the four coaches, new coaches in the Big Twelve right now. Climbing with a bullet, not even close. Matt Wells, number two. Neil Brown, number three, just because I think eventually he'll figure it out, and Les Miles should not have even gotten back into coaching. 100% agree with that. Uh, Mr. Unfiltered, Power Cat 4000, spelt a little weird. What effect has the party deck had? I don't even know what you're talking about. If you're talking about the I'm guessing it's tailgate the one terrace, to the left of the section You're talking about Wabash one. Landing? Uh, yeah, I That's think. That's just a... You pay a bunch of money and you sit there. It has no effect on anything. Yeah. Uh, which Bill Snyder family... Same chicken as tops, canes or Chick Fil A. There's no canes in there. I don't know what you're talking so, about. Yeah, there there isn't. But we are. I saw. I think we are like also sponsored by canes. I, I don't think, think we are. I'm gonna look into it because no, I swear we are. I saw it. Like I think I saw like a commercial for it, and I was like, what? Because I uh, thought that was Ku. I don't. Know. I'll look into it. I could be wrong, but I like Canes more. I like their sauce. You don't like their sauce. We've talked about this on Twitter a million times. I don't want to talk about it on the podcast, also because I think this is running longer than I wanted it to. Um, well, the Wildcat really needs to work on his letter S game. He is obviously ignoring the fundamentals, just phoning it in. I, <laughs> That's funny. I agree with him. It was bad. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I wasn't there. Out. I wasn't there, but he was really bad in game one. So. Mr. Unfilter keeps it going. Seems like Skyler has a tendency to lock down receivers, especially number four, Malik Knowles. Uh, he said less than last year, but come Big 12 play, I see troubles. Is that paranoia? No, I mean, like, he literally was looking guys off. I No, I, I think that's unfounded. I don't agree with that either. And then the final one from Powercat4000, are you concerned about special teams play or were we just spoiled on it in the Snyder era, emphasis on it? Th- guys – Special teams sucked last year. It wasn't great the year before. Yes, we occasionally got some returns, but I I think it was one of those talking points that K State fans like would tell themselves uh, just to make your to say, oh hey, we have a shot because of special teams. You know, you're I don't know. I I think is it's always been overrated by K State fans, and I think we're going to be fine. I do too. Um, I think we've looked so legislated special teams basically out of college football. I there's no reason to spend the the amount of time that we used to on it. So I mean, if there's something that worries me, it's it's like the draw. I mean, we need to just not worry about the return game. I don't care about the return game. Let's just put a like we already set a safe guy back there to make sure we're not turning the ball over. So I'm not worried about it. All right, we are going to finish up, get into our game balls presented by the one thing that will help out your balls, bluechew.com. For if your penis doesn't get quite erect as fast as you want it, go to bluechew.com. ED is a little bit more common than guys want to talk about. Talk to them online, get your discreet packaging, works on a full stomach, empty stomach. It's the same stuff as in Cialis and Viagra. Go to bluechew.com because if K-State football doesn't get you hard, Blue Chew can. All right, first game ball. Oh, and use promo code armchair. Bluechew.com, free first shipment. Do it. Armchair. 
is the promo code, bluechew.com. All right, Game Balls. Grant, give me your first one for folks just listening in. We do two Game Balls, traditionally offense and defense. You can get creative if you want. No one can receive two Game Balls, but you can get a Game Ball and Swagger sticker. Grant, who's getting your first Game Ball? Can we do defense first? Are do you whatever yell at you me? want. Do whatever you <laughs> want, Grant. All right, my first game ball goes to stud, young stud, Daniel Green. Led the team in tackles, had the play of the game for me uh, with our backs against the wall on our own 20-yard line, and he comes in and forces that fumble. Um, I'm really impressed with Daniel Green. I'm very excited about his future. Game ball goes to him. My first game ball is going to Coach Chris Kleiman. He, you know, First time in school history, back-to-back opening games with 500 yards in both games. First four-quarter four shutout since 2015. Uh, he is getting my first game ball. I love it. I love who's, it so much. Who's getting your second game ball? You know, I got to give it to James Gilbert. Second week in a row of 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Just a really hard runner. He's impressed me the first two weeks. I'm glad that we snagged him. All right, my second one is going to Malik Knowles. Uh, kid made two great uh, touchdown catches, almost 100 yards receiving. Uh, made some big plays after a rough first game. I again, I think, I think we have three three seasons and ten more games of this kid, and I think when it's all said and done, uh, he'll be talked about as one of you know a fan favorite wide receiver. Who's getting your swagger sticker? Two-time K-State captain and Fox color man, Ben Lieber, who is another addition to the K-State Sexy Bald Club. He gets my swag sticker. I love it. Uh, mine is going to go to Skylar Thompson. Again, I think I gave it to him last week. Um, first off, just if you're going with on-field swag, I just love the long purple tights underneath the uh, the pants. I love that he is the one who is leading the team out. He's getting them hyped. The kid just oozes confidence and swagger. I'm going to give it to him probably almost every game we win because he deserves it. Um, Who opened the door this week? uh, It was 2Y Tyson Hartman. Really? Yeah. So I I think that was a good one. Um, Honestly, I I basically have decided that intro would be great. They just need more smoke. I I think that's the only thing that's missing. Yeah. so I need to work on getting a new smoke machine. So that is our game review. Um, we will be back to you on Wednesday morning with our game preview and a to-be-determined yeah. free play Friday. We love you guys. Uh, buckle up. It's real. The cupcakes are over until KU and West Virginia. Meet me be? at the cat head. Boom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where the fuck should I really even start? I got hoes that I'm keeping in the dark. I got my niggas cross the street living large. Thinking back to the fact that they dead, thought my raps wasn't facts till they sat with the bars. I got two phones, one need a charge. Yeah, they twins, I can tell they ass apart. I got big packs coming on the way. I got big stacks coming out to save. I got Lil Max with me, he the ways. It's a big gap between us and the game. In the next life, I'm trying to stay paid. When I die, I put my money in the when I die, I put my money in a grave I really gotta put a couple niggas in a place Really just lap every nigga in a race I really might tap, fill this nigga on my face Lil CC, let it slap with the bass I used to save hoes with a mask in a cave Now I'm like, nah, love, I'm good, go away Ain't about to die with no money I done gave you I was on top when that shit meant a lot Still on top like I'm scared of the drop Still on top when these niggas wanna swap Niggas wanna swap like a sauce in a Watts I don't wanna change cause I'm good where I'm at Mom ties so I'm always good where I'm at 
Word of Junior, Jazzy, Baby J. Tell him when I die, put my money in a crack. Couple figures, kill a skull and collect. She fuck a nigga, then she on to the next. Really living large, she ain't all with a Mac. When you niggas thinkin' small in the mall with a rat. Roll with us if you really wanna get it. Go get a half a million in the sprinter. Phone ringing, bitches know a big tipple. I got the hook up in it, really no limit. Dead brokers in you nigga DNA. Ricky Smiley syndicated with the yay. Little nigga, just another state case. Very mind, motherfucker, chase bank, time to bounce. Gotta count on my allowance. You niggas stitching, so I gotta rewrite it. The nigga drippin' like I got a zillion dollars. Got the trap drumming like Zane when I'm rebounding. Then I'm out. And I never talk about it. The homie squad, but we all smoke the loudest. Rich niggas in them really being modest. Cause the way I do my deals, never treated like an artist. Want the house. You could DM my account. My DM six figures and I'm counting. Nine figures was the goal till I hit it. These niggas ain't living, so bury mine with me. Ross got it. When I die, I put my money in a grave. I really gotta put a couple niggas in their place. Really just lap every nigga in a race. I really might tap till this nigga on my face. Lil CC, let it slap with the bass. I used to save hoes with a mask and a cake. Now I'm like, nah, I love them good, go away. Ain't about to die with no money, I done gave it. Network.